Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. The following program is rated U for universal audiences and is considered suitable for listeners of all ages. This is a presentation from Dream Realm Enterprises, where dreams are our reality. You are listening to the second season premiere of Showcase. Welcome. I'm your host, Jeff Niles. This time, we will be presenting a tale of science fiction called In a Haystack, which was written by Mike Murphy. are currently offline. Why? Cause of malfunction is unknown at this time. 23 minutes until breach. Vessel evacuation is highly recommended. You better launch, Dad. You'll need as much time as possible to get clear of the blast zone. When the Falcon goes up, it's gonna pack quite a wallop. But, Captain... You get in that pod and get my crew to safety. We don't have time for a discussion. What about you? You've heard the computer. Autopilot is offline. I've got to get the Falcon as far away from any populated planets as I can before it explodes. But you'll be killed! Better me than millions of innocent people. I am the captain, after all. This is my ship. We can try to repair the Corjet system again. Maybe we missed something. We don't have time. Clark and I have already tried everything we can think of and then some. Get going. That's an order. But, sir... Captain's escape pod is still here. If I can, I'll launch before the ship blows. But you'll be right in the blast zone. Let me worry about that. Get going, Malloy. Yes, Captain. Goodbye, Dim. Yeah, on it. Everyone. Everybody out! Core breach in 22 minutes. All crew should abandon ship immediately. Repeat, 22 minutes to engine core breach. Core breach in 6 minutes. All crew should abandon. Abandon. 
Computer, report on core breach. The engine core is stable. There is currently no danger of a breach. How can that be? What the hell is going on here? Daily report, August 26, 2109. This is Captain Arthur Peterson in the Empty Command Center of the USS Falcon. Empty, except for me. All 54 crew members on my order left the ship hours ago. I have now learned that the computer warning of an imminent core breach was an error. The result of an infection by an alien virus. A worm. I have to find my people. They launched the ship's dozen escape pods quickly. Fully expecting never to see them again, I took no notice of where they were headed. I have been unable to contact anyone. I fear that the Falcon's systems have been irreparably damaged by the worm. Somehow, I must locate my crew with limited ship's systems in the immense void of space. How do I begin? How? Talk about a needle in a haystack. Captain Arthur Peterson must locate 12 escape pods. A dozen needles holding 54 human beings. In something much larger than a haystack. All of space. Awaiting instructions. Report on damage to communications and sensor systems. Both are only minimally operable. Specify how minimally. 12% of capacity and showing signs of continued degradation. Analysis indicates the alien worm has multiplied and is spreading rapidly through the Falcon's operating systems. Oh, it can reproduce. Wonderful. Report on navigation system. That system is currently operating at 91% of capacity. Well, at least I can still fly the ship. Is autopilot usable? Negative. Autopilot is non-operational due to virus infection. Can't attempt repairs and pilot the ship at the same time. Can the worm be eradicated without human intervention? Negative. Program the communication system to emit an automated distress signal. Any such use will severely accelerate the degradation of that system. Cancel that order. I'll need the comm system when I find my people. Do we have any clue of how to destroy the worm? Science cartridge number 42210-9 in the reference library deals with a similar problem three years ago on Station Epsilon in the Sol sector. Now we're getting somewhere. That cartridge has been seriously corrupted by the alien virus. Smart little bugger. Affects the systems and then destroys the information on how to kill it. Suggestions. Falcon Science Officer Deborah Malloy was assigned to Station Epsilon three years ago. Suggest you seek her assistance. I would if she were here. She is not aboard? No. You should know that. Scan the ship for life signs and report. One life sign found. Captain Arthur Peterson. Computer. Scan your own systems for worm damage. Current operating capacity of ship's computer system is 79%. Initiate repairs. Self-repair has been rendered inoperative due to damage caused by... Let me guess. The alien worm. 
Affirmative. Can you repair the damaged cartridge regarding Station Epsilon? Damage to the cartridge is of a kind never before seen. Attempt repair. Acknowledged. Requested action may take several hours. Understood. Is there a way to keep the worm from spreading into any currently uninfected systems? Insufficient information. List all uninfected systems. Life support is the only system currently uninfected. Thank God for small favors. Shut down life support to all areas but the command center to conserve power. Completed. Now to find everyone. <laughs> Anyone. Computer. Project image of the Falcon spatial coordinates at the time of escape pod ejections. On screen. Deb Malloy was on escape pod 3. Chart trajectory of pod 3 from the Falcon. Unknown pilot programmed course of pod makes such extrapolation unscientific without further information. Do your best. Working. On screen. That's quite a range. Displayed range is approximately... No, don't tell me. I'm depressed enough already. They calculate coordinates to the center of the displayed range and send them to the navigation station. Coordinates delivered. Estimated flight time. Three hours and 17 minutes. Expected further degradation of navigation system could lengthen this estimate. I want half-hourly reports on the viability of the ship's systems, particularly the computer system. Acknowledged. I don't know how much longer I can trust you. Notify me immediately if the life support system shows any sign of worm infection. Affirmative. I have to find Malloy first and get rid of this worm. There may not be a ship for anyone else to come back to. The Falcon has reached the designated coordinates. <sighs> it's about time. Flight time was 37 minutes longer than estimated due to continued navigation system degradation. Computer system is now operating at 76% of capacity. Attempted repairs to worm-damaged science cartridge have been unsuccessful. Life support shows no sign of degradation. Consult star charts of this area for nearest Earth-like planets within fuel range of the ejected pods. Working. Seven such planets located. How about for pod three in particular? Two Earth-like planets found. On screen. They're both about equidistant from here, but in opposite directions. Estimated travel time to the planet on the right side of the screen. Rytuk. One hour and 53 minutes. And to the other one, Greska. Two hours and 17 minutes. Do we know anything about either of the planets? Are they inhabited? Information shows only that both planets possess Earth-like atmospheres. No other information is presently available. We may as well go with the closer one and hope Deb did too. Calculate coordinates to Rytuk. Working. Please be there, Deb. Entering range of Rytuk. Computer system is operating at 52% of capacity. Communication system is at 9%. Scan 
Communications Channel L. Scanning. Beautiful. Standard operating procedure. Upon landing, set the pod's homing beacon to channel L and program for continuous transmission. Scan the surface for life signs. Sensors are inoperative due to worm infection. Well, in that case, locate the source of the beacon signal and send me the landing coordinates. There's the pod. Well, it looks like it landed safely. The struts are down. Computer, are the scanners inoperative at this range? Affirmative. Well, it looks peaceful out there, but without scanners, I'd better bring a weapon along. Open exit hatch. Loy and the others couldn't have gone much further in this heat. Please stay where you are. Uh, who, who said that? I did. I'll be with you momentarily. Welcome, visitor. You must have come from the great silver ship I saw fly overhead. That's right. I'm Captain Arthur Peterson of the USS Falcon. I am Pask. You may put your weapon down, Captain. No one and nothing will harm you here. I'm sorry. The ship sensors were inoperative, so I couldn't be sure that there weren't some harmful animals here. There are no harmful animals or people. We are at peace here. Is something wrong? You... you look... human. Thank you. (laughs) As do you. Uh, What, may I ask, were you expecting? I didn't mean to insult you. Does the fact that I don't have a second head or a third eye bother you? Not at all. Good, because I can't alter my appearance any more than you can. Can you help me? I will certainly try. I'm looking for some members of my crew. Six people. They would have been dressed like I am. All of them are safe, and they've received nourishment. They've been entertaining my people with tales of their adventures. They've come with me. And I will take you to your friends. Captain, you're alive! Deb, am I glad to see you. All of you. Are you all right? We're fine. How did you find us? A process of elimination. It's a long story. But the ship... is set down right beside your escape pod. 
You stopped the engine breach? It was never going to breach. I don't understand. The warning was a worm malfunction. Yours is the first escape pod that I've been able to track down. You mean the rest of the crew is still missing? Yes. We can only hope their escape pods carried them to safety also. What kind of worm are we talking about? I'm not sure. I had to pilot the Falcon manually, so I couldn't do any investigating. The computer said it's similar to the one you encountered on Station Epsilon a few years ago. That one was a troublemaker. Do you remember how to get rid of it? I think so. I put all the information on a record cartridge sometime. The worm destroyed that information. We're going to be relying on your memory alone. Then I hope I do remember. We better get started. The ship's in rough shape. Everything but life support has been compromised. This could take a while. Let's go, everyone. You're leaving us? Yes. We have a lot of work to do back on our ship. But we were so enjoying the stories of faraway places. You and your people have obviously treated my crew well. Thank you, Pask. As their captain, I truly appreciate your kindness. You are welcome. Must you all be going now? I'm afraid so. We need every hand we can get to make the necessary repairs. Perhaps there will be time for more tales later. <laughs> Maybe there will be. We're not leaving right away. We have to be certain the Falcon is spaceworthy before we lift off. I so wanted my son to hear of your adventures. Your son? His name is Thu. I'm sure he would enjoy... Ah, here he comes now. Hello, Father. Eric. Captain? I'm... I'm sorry, Pask. Your boy looks very much like... like my... son. You have a child? Not any longer. He, um... He died a few years ago. I am sorry to hear that. You have my sympathies. I heard that I missed some wonderful stories while I completed my chores. They were very entertaining. Perhaps, Captain, you could tell me some later? I haven't heard a new story in a long time. I would enjoy that. Computer systems operating ability has increased to 81% of capacity. Good work, Deb. I've cleaned out the live virus. It won't be spreading anymore. Now the trick is to repair the damage that's been done. We'll get the Falcon spaceworthy again. I'm sure we will. Sir. Yes? Back in the Glade, when Pask's boy showed up, you seemed surprised. I was, at first. I've never heard you mention your son. I... I don't talk about Eric much. May I ask how he died? A house fire. Our family's house. I'm so sorry. My wife wasn't able to... to reach him. Through the flames. By the time the firefighters got to Eric, it was too late. How terrible. I was finishing some training at Turner Station when I got the word. I should have been there for him, Deb. I was only ten years old. The boy needs his father. If I hadn't been in training... You couldn't possibly have known a fire would start. No. But if I had been home, maybe I could have saved his life. Or you might have died too. Perhaps. But not a day goes by that I don't wish that I had had the chance to try. 
Do you think Captain Peterson suspects something? I don't believe so. What are the chances that he'd show up here, of all the planets? I know. Fortunately, no other member of his crew recognized anyone. Two such instances would have been too much to accept as mere coincidence. Then the captain would be suspicious. What do we do now? They should be done with the repairs to their vessel before long. And then? We let them go. Just like that? Just like that. Is there a problem? I'm not sure I... I'm not sure we can let the captain go. Again. Three moons? You must be joking. Not at all. <laughs> we only have one moon here. So does Earth, but Gamma Hydra has three. It's quite a sight. Because of the planet's atmosphere, the moons change color often. You never know what they'll look like from one night to the next. It sounds like a nice place. It is. How... How are the repairs coming along? Pretty well. We can probably lift off in another day or so. Oh. Is something wrong? I was looking forward to more stories. I need a break from the repairs every now and then. I'll tell you some more before I go. Can you tell me one about your son? Uh, I suppose I could. If, uh, if you'd like. I would. You said he looked like me? Very much so. So he was good looking? <laughs> yes, he was. You loved him? I did. I still do. I always will. Phew. Are, are you okay? It's me. W what? You found me, Dad. I'm... I'm Eric. What's all this about, Past? Thu shouldn't have told you anything. It is not for you to know. The hell it isn't. That boy, the boy you called your son, is is my son? What is he doing here with you, light years from Earth? How is he still alive? It isn't easy to explain. Try. Thu is my son. He said he was my son. He is both. You're not making any sense. Have you ever heard of the term doppelganger? It means a uh, double, doesn't it? It does. Many people believe that everyone has a double somewhere in the universe. They are correct. Are you trying to say that Thew is Eric's double? And Eric was Thew's doppelganger. It works both ways. I find that hard to believe. A person and his doppelganger don't have to live on the same planet. And when one dies, the other doesn't have to die as well. But Thew said he was my son. I heard him. The boy is confused. When Eric passed, all that he was, his essence, joined with Thew. Nature does not waste. And it lets no essence die with the body. 
Eric and Thu became as one. My son can tell you anything you want to know about Eric. My doppelganger was named Lieutenant Edmund Dorothy. He died in the explosion of the spacecraft America 11 years ago. I can tell you all about him, down to the most minute detail. Do you think you're him? No. But you does think he's Eric. Your boy died far too soon. At his young age, Sue was not capable of keeping the two essences separate. They have become intermingled. When Lieutenant Doherty died, I was an adult. My brain was sufficiently developed to house both essences and keep them separate from each other. So few isn't Eric? No, Captain. I'm sorry. I am very glad to finally meet you. Thu has often told me stories of life on a lovely blue-green world and his brave spacefaring father. Now I understand where those stories came from. Did you bring me here? No, I had nothing to do with your ship's troubles or your arrival on my world. Sometimes cosmic forces, beyond anyone's imagining, bring people together entirely by chance. Evidently, the gods thought it was time for you and my son to meet. I believe it was a good thing for both of you. What will happen to few? He is strong and healthy. He will grow up, perhaps have children of his own, and eventually die. Doppelgangers are no more immortal than their counterparts. My thanks to both of you. For what? For reviving some pleasant memories I had been keeping buried for far too long. May I have a moment alone with few? Certainly. You're going to leave soon, aren't you, sir? Yes. Take me with you, please. I can't. It wouldn't be right. Your home is here. Pask would miss you. And you would miss him. I suppose I would. Eric loved you, Captain. And he was very proud of you. <clears throat> I feel the same way about him. Will we ever see you again? I'm sure I can arrange to be in this neck of the universe every once in a while. You could come back for my birthday. It's June... June 16th. I know. The next day, the USS Falcon blasted off from the surface of Rytuk. Waving goodbye, Thew kept his eyes on the departing spaceship until it disappeared into the brown sky. Headquarters is sending other ships to help search for the Falcon's missing crew members. Captain Peterson is already drafting a communique to HQ, requesting leave next June. On the desk, in his cabin, the captain has two pictures, one of him and Eric, and one of him and Thew. Sometimes, at a quick glance, he has trouble telling which one is which. You 
have been listening to Showcase in a Haystack, which was written by Mike Murphy and starred in order of appearance H. Keith Lyons as Captain Arthur Peterson, Elise Crowick as the computer, Diane Havens as science officer Deborah Malloy, Wendy Tremont King as the narrator, Joe Stofko as Pask, and Michael Liebman as Thu. The incidental music was provided by Kevin McLeod. The post-production editor was Jeff Niles. The sound designer and executive producer was Jonathan Patrick Russell. The script editor, producer, and director was Mike Murphy. The series, Dream Realm Showcase, was created by Jonathan Patrick Russell, and the copyright is held by Dream Realm Enterprises. Any rebroadcast or reproduction of this program without the express written permission of Dream Realm Enterprises is strictly prohibited. Thank you for listening. We invite you to visit us on the web at dreamrealmsite.com. And... If you'd like to email us with any of your comments or questions, you may do so at darkbuilding1 at yahoo.com. This story, In a Haystack, is copyright 2013 and is the sole intellectual property of Mike Murphy. The copyright for Showcase is held by Dream Realm Enterprises. 2013, all rights reserved. This has been Jeff Niles for Showcase. Join us next time for another all-news story titled The Destroyer, coming soon here on Showcase from Dream Realm Enterprises. Thank you for listening to Monday Matinee right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Tuesday Terrors for Horror, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for Action, Adventure, Mystery, and Crime Drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week, from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. <laughs>